Hello, this is Carl Mailer from the Let's Talk Sports podcast. Are you one of the many people like me who love to voice their opinions? Then, well, the Anchor app is for you. Me, myself, I love using the Anchor app because I love voicing my opinion about everything sports. If you would like to get started on your own podcast, you can go to anchor.fm slash start to make your own podcast. Special thanks to PremieBeat.com for today's lovely intro and to today's episode. You can go to PremieBeat.com and download any type of genre for your podcast all for free. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Let's Talk Sports Radio Show. I am your host, Carl Mailer, the voice of radio, and this is where we talk all things sports. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I did mention on my official Let's Talk Sports Radio Twitter feed earlier this morning that I was going to be bringing a Dolph, Miami Dolphins theme podcast show today. Now, for those of you, I was uh, very humbled and very privileged to be on a uh, podcast last night with a great uh, great group of people that I've uh, gotten to know here and there uh, for the last couple of months. Uh, the, there's a gentleman named Kyle that I follow on Twitter. Uh, he runs this uh, f- uh, full press coverage fantasy podcast. You have to uh, go check that out. And they talk about all different types of teams, all fantasy, all different types of players. But uh, they, they uh, one of his co-hosts, my good friend from college, Kayla Morton, uh, she asked me uh, uh, sometime last week if I was going to be willing to come on the show to talk the Miami Dolphins because last night was the preview for the Miami Dolphins. And I said, sure, why not? You know, I, it's been a while since I've uh, been a guest on someone's show, and I took the opportunity. And I, I know I didn't do relatively all that well, but I still think I've done pretty well because I got my name out there. So I'm pretty happy about that. But I wanted to continue the theme on to my episode tonight, my brand new episode about the Miami Dolphins. Now, I know there's probably a lot of you who are thinking, well, why the Miami Dolphins? You know, that team was so, so bad last year, statistically speaking. But I want to let you guys know something. Miami did prove uh, with their then first-year head coach, Brian Flores, they did prove that they are willing to compete. So today, on today's episode with the Miami Dolphins, I'm going to be previewing the offense. Not the defense, not the special teams, just the offense. So Kayla, I hope when uh, I, I hope you have a fun time listening to this and all of you as well, I hope you guys enjoy. I know it's not the greatest thing in the world when I'm talking about the Miami Dolphins, but it's still part of what I love to do, and that's talking about all things sports. So uh, let's just dig into the main thing about Miami's offense, and that is the quarterback position. Who is going to be leading Miami for this upcoming season? And quite honestly, and I mentioned this last night on the Full Press uh, Fantasy podcast, uh, that I think Ryan Fitzpatrick is the man to 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 just he should lead the way the entire season. I don't think they need to to even consider putting Tua in the game at all. And here's why: because I I I, I would hope I would hope that Brian Flores and 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 company understand Tua's value to the game of football. And I mentioned this last night as well. What Tua was able to accomplish 
at the University of Alabama with head coach Nick Saban in that offense was spectacular. It was probably one of the best uh, college football quarterbacks that I've seen play the game in a very long time. But I will say this. I think Tua's time does not need to be rushed. And I will say this, and I didn't say it last night, but I'm going to say it here tonight. I think the best option for Tua, the best option for Tua is to wait two, three, even maybe four years before you send him out there. And I'm going to use a perfect example of Aaron Rodgers from the Green Bay Packers. Uh, for, For anybody that doesn't know this, Uh, You go back in history a little bit, years and years ago, when Aaron Rodgers finally made his debut, it was four years after he got drafted to take over the realm of Brett Favre because I believe at that time, I want to say Brett, I think, went to the Jets at that point in time. That's when Aaron Rodgers finally took over. But that was a four-year waiting period. And Tua understands his value. I think Miami understands Tua's value to the game. Tua has a chance. Tua has a chance to be one of the very best quarterbacks in the game of the NFL. He proved it when he was in college. And granted, those small injuries that he suffered did hold him back just a little bit. And it looked like before Tua had suffered that injury, he was going to do another great – he was going to do just another – just he was just going to do amazing things, right? So here we are. With Miami drafting Tua at number five at, the, at this past year's draft, draft him at number five in the first round. You have to trust Tua. You have to let this young man grow. You cannot just throw him out there and, and, and split the games. You can't just put Ryan Fitzpatrick in eight and then Tua in eight. I would say this. I would think the best option if – if the season starts going down the hill for Miami, I think the best option for Miami, if Fitzpatrick starts declining, because Fitzpatrick has shown that he has a history of declining. And this is another thing. Fitzpatrick has been in the league since 05. He started with the Rams when they were known as St. Louis. He's on his eighth different team. He's been with St. Louis. He's been with Cincinnati, Buffalo, Tennessee, Houston, the Jets, Tampa, and now he's with Miami in his second year. But I will say this, even though Fitzpatrick has been known to not really been a good quarterback in this league, his best year was in 2015 with the New York Jets. He threw for his career high, which is still a career high to this day for him, with with 3,905 passing yards, and he had 31 touchdowns to only 15 interceptions. Obviously, that was a career year for Fitzpatrick. And I'm not going to say that Fitzpatrick is going to relive that uh, that moment of glory that he had in 2015 with the Jets. And I, and I remember that year. I remember, and quite frankly, I remember quite a few years of seeing Fitzpatrick be the spotlight in the game. Uh, he had it in Tampa Bay when he was throwing. And this, is a, 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 this I thought, was a, a cool stat, and it's still – a record that he holds, that he only holds. He's the first quarterback in NFL history to throw for 400 yards in three straight games. He did that with Tampa Bay. And Tampa Bay, sorry to say this, but they didn't have anything with Jameis Winston until now they got Tom Brady, which is no coincidence there. But I think this is a chance for for Fitzpatrick to, to show the ropes to Tua. 
hell, even maybe show the ropes to Josh Rosen. And, I, and I'm going to say this, and this is the point I wanted to get at before I went into Fitzpatrick's stats. You, if Miami starts to struggle, if you start to struggle, do not put in Tua. Let Tua sit on the sidelines. Let him watch. Let him learn. If Miami decides to put Tua in, and I'm not saying this is going to be for the worst, but if Miami decides to put Tua in, they better hope that they better hope that my that they are ready to to to, to suffer and, and, and take some ass whipping because looking at the schedule the schedule does, I don't think it favors Tua at all besides playing the division twice a year I don't think this schedule favors Tua at all and 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 Alessandro uh, who is a one of the co-hosts on the fantasy podcast made a point last night that he was thinking that Fitzpatrick was going to play eight games, and Tua was going to come in and finish the final eight games. Now I want to read you guys the schedule that if this happened, if Tua was put in after eight games, this is the teams that Tua would play. He would play the Jets twice. He would play at Arizona. Home against Cincinnati. Home against the Super Bowl defending champions, Kansas City Chiefs. He would play at home against the Patriots. He would play at the new stadium for the Las Vegas Raiders. And he would play away at Buffalo. I'm sorry, but I do not think this schedule this year benefits Tua in any sense of the way. I think the best thing for Tua is to just sit back and, and and learn that that's the best thing Tua can can have going for him. If the if the season starts to go downhill, if the season starts to go downhill for the Dolphins, if they start going down that well, and and have that losing streaks uh, all over again like this past season, put in Josh Rosen. Just let Josh Rosen go in and play. Josh Rosen is one of those unfortunate guys that just hasn't had the right opportunity to succeed in the in, in the NFL. I thought Josh Rosen was an above average quarterback at UCLA. He he did some good things, but he did some bad things. And but that's mostly like what all what most college quarterbacks do. You have those type of college quarterbacks that go into the NFL, but their stat lines or I shouldn't say stat lines, but their but their their way of playing just doesn't it's not going to transition over into the game. And I and I unfortunately will say this, that I don't think it's going to transition over for Josh Rosen in the NFL. I think he's going to be one of those guys that unfortunately goes around to a lot of teams like Fitzpatrick has done. Maybe he can find some ground and maybe be a backup quarterback to Tua. And, and this is why I say that Rosen should be the – Plan B, if your plan A for Fitzpatrick does not work, do not even think for once about including Tua in the in this in in the conversation of Tua. Get your helmet on and go out there and make some plays for us. I don't know if Fitzpatrick does not get the job done. Put Rosen in. I think Rosen is probably going to be your best bet to to have any. Rosen's going to be your best bet after that, but I, I and, and and I've I honestly don't think this Miami team, and I think everybody out there, including every Miami fan out there, I, I think you can include you can say that this football team this year 
you're not going to have you you're not going to have your team win eight, nine, ten games. I think at best, I think at best, Miami is a five to six win team. Now they did finish five and eleven last year. After it looked like they were just going to go down the hill, maybe not even win a game, but Miami started to compete. They they had a lot of upsets. Ended up finishing the season five and eleven. I I think Miami at best is a five to six win team. If they get lucky and they maybe pull off a surprise or two like they did this past season, you might see Miami squeeze in seven wins. But I don't see them getting past eight. Not this year. And and here's the thing: I think Miami is going to be one of those teams because they got a they got a talent on the offensive side of the ball. If Miami can can just be patient with Tua. If you if Miami thinks and I hopefully they do. If they think that Tua is the franchise quarterback of that team. Be patient with them. Do not please do not rush. Please do not rush Tua out there onto the field because that's going to probably be the last thing you want to do is rush a young quarterback out there on the field, expect him to make plays, and next thing you know, you're drafting another new quarterback coming out of college. So the best thing for Miami to do at the quarterback position, I think, is to just be patient, leave Fitzpatrick in there, have Fitzpatrick start all the way. If your season is not going the way it is, and a lot of people, including myself, don't expect your season to even be that much, just leave Fitzpatrick in there. But if it's really going bad, put Josh Rosen in there. He's probably your next best option. All right, let's move it on to the running back position. This was something that I have been highly debate, debating on about who I think should start in Miami for the Dolphins after Miami has had. And I will say this, Miami has had a, a, a ton of talent come up and leave the franchise. They had Jay Ajayi that came up and 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 left the franchise. Those you Miami has had a plethora of I, I won't say excitement, but they've had a plethora of talent to come and go at the running back position. So you got so Miami ends up picking up two high quality uh, picks, and, and they they pick up Matt Burita from San Francisco. And then they pick up Jordan Howard from Philly. And I'm going to make my case here about who I think should start. And it's not going to be based off of... uh, It's not going to be based off of of things that they uh, haven't done or things they have done. It's just about, I think, who has been the more consistent running back. And I'm going to have to lean towards Miami possibly getting that spot to Jordan Howard just because of Jordan Howard has shown that he's has he can be consistent. But I, I think here, and I made this point last night, I even wrote an article about it, which you guys can check on the FPC Dolphins page on Twitter or the FPC website, the full press coverage website, and look up the Miami Dolphins and find my article about why Miami should consider playing both Matt Burita and Jordan Howard as a as a uh, duo 
and maybe just go back and forth and see who has the hot hand. And because a lot of a lot of teams do that, a lot of teams will just play the hot hand at the running back position, and, and it's kind of a weird thing to see at times because there's a lot of talented running backs out there, but with you got you got these two guys, and and Matt he unfortunately does not have as many touchdown rushing touchdowns as Howard does, but I will say this: the more consistent part for Matt comes in the fact that he is a better pass catching running back his overall catch percentage in his career so far is a 75.3 compared to Jordan Howard's in his short uh, tenure so far in the NFL he has a 67.2 percent and that's the biggest thing about the running backs I think is who's going to be able to catch out of the backfield whether it's from Fitzpatrick or Rosen I'm not even going to include two in this con in this conversation but I think, and I and I made a point about this in, in my article. I think Miami needs to consider, possibly consider, going with a a two running back uh, backfield. They have a lot of talent on, on in that backfield, and they can even include possible Malcolm Perry from the naval, the the Navy Academy. And, and this is the thing. And for and also for those of you who do not know about the Naval Academy is that Navy runs a triple option offense, which means mostly half of the time, even, well, probably about 97, 98, hell, even 99% of the time, Navy's going to run the football. And so their quarterback, Malcolm Perry, who spent all four years under at, at, at the Navy Academy, all the Navy does is fake a handoff, run one way, run up the middle, run the other way. So, he has he has proven himself to be a decent runner and he, passing the ball i won't say is malcolm perry's strong uh strong strong suit but hell even include maybe malcolm perry if he makes the team i think he's i think he's going to probably make the team there's talk about him possibly moving over to slot receiver i think that's a good chance for him to get some playing time there but i think the best case scenario for the running back position is is to go maybe with the two man backfield, but if not, I'm gonna lean towards Jordan Howard picking, uh, getting getting the starting nod over Matt, and it's just because of the more consistent uh, play from Jordan Howard. Uh, Breda has gotten his fair share of touches throughout the uh, course of his career, but he hasn't proven to been to have been consistent, and that's the biggest thing for me as as a fan that watches the game or even a fan that that talks about it is you got to be you got to be consistent from point A to point B to point C and so forth and so forth. If you can be consistent, you can help this team out a lot. And I think this is going to lead into my very last part of the Miami offense and that is going to be about the wide receiver position or just in general, who can possibly be the best target for Miami? And we talked about this last night, too, on the Full Press Fantasy Podcast about who is going to lead Miami in targets. Now, I did lean up. I, I want to say, I, and I, hell, I forgot. And this was, I, we talked about this last night. But I, but I have Devontae Parker's stats right here in front of me. And here's a young man that I think has all the potential in the world. He has all the potential to be one 
well, I, I'm not going to say one of the greatest re- wide receivers in the game. <clears throat> Excuse me, but he has the potential to be a very good wide receiver in this game. He just has to stay healthy. And he talked about this. He mentioned it to reporters a few days back that his main goal for 2020 is just to be healthy. And hell, I, I hope he stays healthy. When Coming out of college from the University of Louisville, I thought he was a fan, fantastic uh, wide receiver. His biggest problem is he has just not been healthy. He's been in the league since 2015. His best year was last year, and I mentioned this. La- I mentioned this last night on the the fantasy podcast. He's he played in all 16 games. This was the first season that he played in all 16 games. He contributed with a career high in receptions. He had 72 receptions, 1,202 receiving yards, and nine touchdowns. His best year. Now, if he can just stay consistent. Imagine what Devontae Parker can bring to this Miami team. And I think fans got a glimpse. Parker gave the fans a glimpse of hope at the wide receiver position because the wide receiver position in the NFL, to me, for the offense, is the second hardest position to to just rely on anything because you have your running backs here and there that that are tricky, that can go up and down and provide. And obviously you have your quarterback play that can go up and down and provide you. But the wide receiver position to me is the second most important position on the offense. I, I think because, you know, when your quarterback drops back to pass and he he's, he's trusting that your X, Y, and Z receiver or whoever is out there at, on, at that point in time can make those catches, can make those important catches, can make those 50-50 catches. I ain't worried about if you're showboning making a one-hand catch, as long as you can be consistent and catch the ball and provide a first down or provide a touchdown, that's all that matters. So this begs me the question, and and I'm going to reiterate this question that Kyle asked uh, all of us last night on who I think is going to lead the team in targets, whether it's Parker, you have Gasecki, who I think is probably going to be a, a very good tight end this year. And I talked about him a little bit last night too, just about what he was able to accomplish at the university of Penn state. When with trace McSorley, they that's when Saquon was becoming Saquon Barkley and everybody was getting to know his name. But, uh, but Mike Gusecki is one of those tight ends, I think. And this is just my opinion. Mike Gusecki has a chance to be a very good tight end. He really does. I don't know what's going to happen uh, with him this upcoming season. We'll we'll see how many targets he gets because Miami did just recently add uh, two tight ends to their roster. And I believe Gusecki's touchdowns last season came after the injury to Preston Williams, after Preston Williams tore his ACL. And here's a fun fact about Preston Williams. And And I was looking this up on my phone the other day on the Bleacher Report app is that Miami was using Preston Williams as a punt returner. And they weren't using him in the wide receiver drills. They were letting him catch footballs out of the air as a punt returner. And here's the thing. I think if as a receiver, and, and this is also just me, and uh, in, in my opinion, I don't know how you guys feel about this, but I feel like if you're a wide receiver and you're not getting the consistent touches 
at the wide receiver position. If you're not, if you're out there and the ball's not really coming your way, or if it does and you're not really uh, catching it all the time, I think the next best thing for a wide receiver is a punt returner. And, and obviously, that is what a lot of the guys you see out there are just guys who are wide receivers who can who have somewhat of good hands and I think who have relatively good speed. Now, I don't know how fast Preston Williams is, but I do think that this wide receiver group for Miami has a chance, and I'm not going to give them any high praise for the season, but I think they have a chance to really do something, even if it's with Fitzpatrick at quarterback. Now, I will say this. I think for Devontae Parker to reach his full potential, because last year Miami... And I think we can all remember this from last year. Miami was just a hot, they were a hot, hot mess. They they were throwing in, and, and I want to use this reference here uh, before we go. If anybody remembers what the Washington football team did last year, and that's the correct way to pronounce it for the time being. I was, I can't say the other word because it is now legally not there. But if you guys remember the Washington football team, Last year, they were just throwing in quarterbacks just to see get get a spark, and that's somewhat the case with what Miami was doing here and there throughout last season. But I do, and I will say this about Devontae Parker: I think for Parker to reach his full potential, you you might have to see Tua in the game. But like I said, I think the best option for Tua. And this is just me, but I think the best option for Tua is to wait two to three seasons, two to three years before you commit to Tua. Don't commit to him this year because, and I'm not going to say bad things are going to happen, but I do not see good things happening if you put Tua in. And I could be wrong. If Miami decides, you know what, Fitzpatrick, you're not getting the job done, we're going to bring in our rookie quarterback, our rookie franchise quarterback, who we think is the franchise, who a lot of the – almost all of the, if not all the fan base think Tua is the guy. I'm not saying Tua is going to do bad things if he comes in this year. I just don't think it's the best thing for Tua to do. But we'll we'll see what happens there. I, I, I don't know. But I want to thank you guys for tuning in to this very special edition of the Full Press Coverage Dolphins show. This was uh, something I, I've, I've wanted to do for a little while now, and it kind of went hand-in-hand hand just with the simple fact that I was on the Full Press Fantasy podcast last night talking about the Miami Dolphins. Uh, this is something I wanted to do since I am a uh, sports contributor writer for the Full Press Coverage Dolphins page, which, like I said a few minutes ago, guys, you guys can check out my articles, Kayla's articles, Everyone else's articles that are on there, all the writers, you can check those articles out. You can go to the Full Press Coverage uh, website. You can download the app for free on 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 the Apple or Samsung, or Samsung or Android, and you can just check it out. You can go uh, download the app. You can scroll through. Uh, they got a bunch of different stuff. You can scroll to the AFC East section, go to the Miami Dolphins section, and find all the articles that has ever been written about the lovely Miami Dolphins. But I want to thank you guys for tuning in this evening to the Let's Talk Sports Radio Show. As always, I'm your host, Carl Mailer, and this is where we talk all things sports.